Hey everybody, Coach here. Hey, thanks for taking a couple of minutes right during the busy holiday season to listen to me, whether you're on the go or at home or at the gym or whatever you're doing. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Hey, you know, by uh, designating a particular utility area in the landscape, you really do consolidate things in the manner of location, in needs of repair times or replacement times, and keep from being spread out and helter-skelter throughout the whole landscape. That's what we're discussing this week. We're gonna discuss this today and the whys and wheres that go along with them. Hey, I am really glad you're here. I am so glad to be done with the storm that we had come through Brook and Pond this week. Oh my God, power lines uh, nearly taken out, trees down all over the place. Yeah, it's been kind of a whirlwind. Hey, let's get started, shall we? Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks again for being here. So, you know, kind of throughout the residential landscape evolvement over the decades, use areas for most part have kind of remained somewhat scattered. And when I say use areas, uh, places that people use not for entertainment, not for play, not for gardening, but use areas for functionality. Uh, where do we put certain things that uh, are useful outdoors? And I'll give you some examples. Garbage cans. How many people have seen in neighborhoods where garbage cans go in the front driveway or next to the side fence or visible from a public area. That would be one, one use area that we could address. Or the old proverbial lawnmower that just sits next to the, the garage door. It doesn't have really a place. It doesn't have a home. It's never covered up and it just sits there until the next time it's used. Why do we do this? In my experience, people do it because of ignorance, and I don't say that in a bad way, it's just you don't know what you don't know. You've never been taught, you've never been shown a different way, and kind of that's what this whole episode is about, just a kind of a, an aha, an awakening, a, a way to look at something through a different colored lens. Oftentimes, we designate areas of use and utility because areas are dictated by what is made available at the time we take occupancy, and no thought as to modification to convenience and consolidation. It's something like, eh, you know, it'll work. I, it really doesn't matter to me. That kind of an attitude that goes into it. And like I said, for instance, you know, garbage locations, mowers, kids' bicycles, the extra car, etc. But we often follow, since many, many people are kind of like sheep, or lemmings, we do it because the Joneses down the street and the Smiths next door do it that way. So we kind of adapt and fit in without really giving any extra thought to thinking outside the box because of our particular situation. It might work a heck of a lot better if we just kind of rearrange things just a little bit. And I think in this day and age, nowadays, we can rethink things just a bit like the $6 million man many decades ago. You know, we have the technology, we can rebuild it. And so we can locate most things like irrigation valve assemblies, lighting transformers, garbage areas, 
storage areas, tools, in an area that is all in one place and very easily accessible and placed strategically so that it's convenient but slightly out of sight so that it's not visible from the front yard, it's not visible when you go out on the back patio necessarily, and it is removed from the outdoor entertaining, the play area, the gardening area, unless you bring your gardening right up to that area. So it's really something to think about and it keeps away prying eyes of all the little things that you have there and no snickers or uh, looking down the noses at you because you're not quite organized as everyone else might be. You know, when I was uh, doing a lot of designing for folks, I kind of made it a trademark of my designs, depending on the site, of course, to kind of employ this consolidation theory. And when I did presentations, I'll be honest with you, there were times that people initially could not get their heads around it. It was like, you want to. What? Why? What? And then, you know, you have a five, five minute conversation about it and you can see the rheostat on their mental light bulb just kind of brighten and they kind of go, aha, moments that come upon these customers' minds. And, you know, I would say, could I do it for every landscape? No, not everyone. There was just some layouts uh, either because of size or space or the way it was, to change it, it would not have made a cost-efficient move for them. But could we consolidate parts of things? Yes, we could. And it was, a, like I said, a big trademark of mine to not only redo the garden aspect of a landscape, but also the functionality, uh, the navigation, the storage, all those kinds of things came into play as a landscape designer. And I would say, uh, of all the designs I did, both existing homes and new homes, I bet you there was or reorganization and rethinking of it probably 75% of the time. And out of that 75%, probably 50% actually bought in on it if it was cost effective. I mean, it fit their budget, etc. So the elements that we are consolidating are things that we call in the business the mechanical aspects of the landscape. And here we're talking things like if you have a lighting system, lighting transformers, and the where everything comes to as far as those transformers, all the, the cabling, etc. Irrigation assemblies, where the irrigation valves are, where you happen to be if you have such a thing. And the irrigation timers. I oftentimes placed irrigation and lighting timers right on the same wall, just mere inches away from each other. And I always made sure that we had power that came right out to that area. Also sheds. And sheds, this, you know, in this day and age, they're certainly multi-purpose. But in this case, I'm talking about sheds that uh, would alleviate space in the garage and transfer utility to those sheds where mowers and hand tools and many other storage things, maybe some seasonal stuff could be placed and really eliminate the cluttered floor space and the, the shrinking of a garage. And also garbage can areas. Uh, one of the things that I used to really like to do in designing was I would pour a concrete garbage can pad and then I would enclose it on one side 
actually two sides. You had a side walkway, a gate, a driveway. So your garbage cans were never going across lawn, across garden, through narrow passageways or anything else. And they were put back where they really needed to go. Another thing was pool equipment. If you happen to have a pool or thinking about one, all of this stuff can go into one area and power could be brought to there, gas lines can be brought to there, all the plumbing and everything else. So it's kind of around the corner type of thing. And it could be around the corner sequestered off with a small in-yard fence area. The shed could be behind the fence, your pool equipment could be behind the fence, etc. So it's kind of out of sight and then your outdoor living areas and your landscape and everything else is kind of uninterrupted by those things, those looks. You don't have a rake, a shovel, and a hoe, and a bunch of other hand tools stuck in a corner, sticking up out of a garbage can, because that's the only place you ever decided to put it. So these items and the like are in one area. You know, on many occasions, I would urge folks not to convert their garage into a tool shed, but rather designate that shed area, bring power out to it, and locate all the above items that I talked about and leave the garage for vehicles. Vehicles and if you're in an older home, maybe your washer and dryer out there if you don't have a basement type of thing. But hey, what a concept, huh? Just garage for vehicles. And you can maybe make some space if you want to hang a bike or something up off the ceiling or whatever. But to be able to walk around in a garage, open doors, you don't have to let people out in the driveway and then you drive in the driveway because you can't open or you drive in the garage because you can't open the doors in there for everybody because there's too much stuff. That's not what garages were meant for. So with a little bit of forethought and not just doing what everybody else has done over the course of decades, your landscape and more importantly, all the supporting elements of that landscape can have a layout with convenience and function in mind. It really can. It makes a difference for you, the homeowner. It makes a difference for visitors. It makes a difference when you put the sign in the front yard as far as selling. The only caveat is the smaller the properties, the sm like, okay, let's make a, a real obvious for instance. If you have a condominium, okay, and you have a very small patio situation with maybe a little storage nook next to it that has the hot water heater in there too, obviously you're not going to be able to do this very much. But if you have a particular property that is maybe 50 by 100 and you don't have a whole bunch of stuff, you can still get a small shed where your mowers and your tools and maybe some seasonals and things that you don't use on a regular basis, you can use that shed for storage, free up space in that one or two car garage. And when that garage door is open, it's not open to all the prying eyes of what do they have type of look. You drive in your garage and when the doors open, they see a car and that's about it. So it lends itself a little bit to security. So is this the only way to approach utilitarian areas in the landscape? Of course not. Small skinny side yards and really small backyards are gonna kind of hamper this a little bit. But you can, you can't augment certain things like electrical and you can use your garage wall for 
irrigation timers and transformers so they're inside. Even though they're rated for outdoor use, you can bring them inside because that's where your power is. But I oftentimes went in, checked out the electrical system on the panel, saw what kind of power is being run to what, and I would have my electrician come to the job and he would just pull pull power right from an interior plug and bring it outside and put an exterior rated plug on the outside without putting any damage to that particular run on that breaker. We're not talking about exceeding any load. I mean, my gosh, a, an irrigation timer draws milliamps when it's actually working. And the lighting systems that are out there now, especially in LED bulbs, you're, you're talking wattage, not amps. So anyway, you, you kind of get the picture of what I'm trying to portray here for you. I'll tell you one thing that is very much ignored as far as a convenient place to do things is an elevated deck area. You know, with the technology of drainage troughs that they can put underneath decks now, you can make that a dry space. You can open up and en enclose a gate that you could easily access underneath there. And you can put all the things that I've mentioned and use the underside of the deck as a dry storage area by graveling it in, elevating it with a couple of shelving units or something, and using, using that wasted space very, very resourcefully. Uh, I saw a YouTube video, and I don't remember the channel that I saw it on. I think it might have been April Wilkerson's channel. She did a fantastic mega drawer pull system that she stored underneath the the decking area where a lot of tools and stuff were laid into these drawers and then the decking was waterproofed up above and rerouted so these drawer areas were a dry area and it was very very well done and it kind of stuck in my head but i think you know at this point in modern day modern day stuff and all the information age that we have at our fingertips i think we should have evolved enough as homeowners responsible homeowners to where we don't have the old ratty garbage cans in our front driveway you know we don't have the lawnmower the kids bikes the the ratty look shall we say in some cases you know people's lives are so busy that maybe that's just the way it's going to be for you. Maybe, maybe not. But there is a different way. And I think when it comes to landscape and landscape organization, you will feel much better driving in your driveway when things are done this way as opposed to, eh, it's just the way I've always done it and I really don't give a crap. Well, give a crap. I really suggest that you do. You pay a mortgage on the place. Every insurance and taxes, you got neighbors that walk by your house. Why not put your best foot forward and show that you really care about the home that you're paying for? Now, I will tell you this. Now, at Brook and Pond, although it is winter, I have designated an area already where many of these concepts and elements that I've just talked about will be placed. A large covered garage and shed will be erected next year. It will accommodate trailers and my camper and tools, all the lawn and garden implements. Everything will be relocated out of my garage, my pseudo garage. It's the worst layout I've ever seen a garage ever. And I have power out where the shed is going to go. So it's easily powered up as far as lighting, as far as uh, hooking up block heaters for my truck when I park it out there, etc. So it's going to be much more functional. 
And then, yes, then my garage will be tackled as well. Because of my layout, I will be slightly hampered by not being able to screen off the area visually. Not all of it anyway. So there is that. But I'm thinking of already selling way down the road and the curb appeal needed to generate that aha when they drive up the driveway moment for that sale. And I don't want to have a whole bunch of crap that people have to look at when they drive up my driveway and they look at the house for the first time. It should be a, oh wow, isn't this nice moment. It's the same kind of thing when I drove up the driveway and I saw it and I said, hey, blank canvas, wow. So when someone sees it, when we've got the sign in the yard, maybe it'll be even better. So a combination of garage modifications, landscaping, outdoor seating and living area, decking will be much more appealing and certainly not tainted with wood piles and sheds and trailers and all the other things that go along with what's going to be in my utility area. So to wrap this up, let me ask a couple of questions. What is your setup like? Are you scattered about with one thing here and another there? Does all your mechanicals for outdoor service tools and other elements mentioned exist pretty much all over or pretty much in one place? In closing, I'd like to take an unofficial poll. How many functions does your garage serve? How many functions? Is it a cars only garage? Uh, a collection? place of many things or do you go all out and just stuff it to the rafters with everything except a vehicle hey join me over on youtube join me over my channel the youtube community and throw an answer back hey it's the holidays take a few minutes if you got a couple days off you know take five minutes and just jump on and let me know i'm kind of curious of man am i the only one that has this kind of thought be kind of nice to know you know, I hate my garage right now, and I will be changing in 24 in a big, big way. I need to reacquire my tools and other things from a storage trailer out west, though. So we'll be back on the road again come springtime. Well, here it is a few days before Christmas 2023. New Year's is right around the corner. So, hey, any plans mulling around in the head for a landscape project for next year? Now is the time to start thinking about it. It is anything of size. Now is the time to start putting it down on paper. If you're doing it yourself, you know, thinking about budgets and designing and planning and sourcing stuff. And if you know that you want to do something, but you're not sure exactly what to do with it. So basically you're stuck. We can banner some ideas over email if you want. And if you're really stuck and you want to get off on the right foot, check out the low-cost consultation that I do online over at youryardcoach.com. Hey, that's what I have for you this week. And until next time, I really do wish you guys the best of the holiday season. And as always, to your organized landscape success. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for staying with me. See you over on the YouTube channel. And any questions, you can always reach out. Bye for now. Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to this week's show and we'll see you right here next week.